Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your host, Parker Ullman. Welcome back, or welcome to the Burning Quads podcast, a show about all things collegiate cycling. This week is the third show in the five-part series where I've been chatting to some of our Collegiate Mud Fund athletes. If you've never heard of this program before, this fund is funded through the USA Cycling Foundation to raise money for year-round support of cyclocross athlete development and competition support. In addition to cultivating grassroots efforts, providing opportunities to young athletes, and opening development pathways to the elite level of competition. If this sounds like an interesting program to you, you can learn more at the USA Cycling Foundation website, including if you'd like to donate to this program as well. This week's episode is presented by Hyper Ice, creators of the award-winning recovery movement and enhancement technology. Designed for you, Hyper Ice specializes in vibration, percussion, compression, and thermal technology, including the Normatec Pulse 2.0 athlete recovery system. Save an extra $50 off the Pulse 2.0, already on sale for $300 off the regular price with exclusive code, all caps, USAC50. I have a great show coming up today. Earlier this spring, I was able to set up a call with Eric Brunner, a current senior at CU Boulder. We discussed how Eric got into cycling, Eric's views on training indoors and cycling eyewear trends, and opportunities that he was able to take advantage of thanks to the Mud Fund program. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Eric. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? Good. How's your day going? Good. I just uh, did a big ride this morning and had a little team meeting with the Evolo guys. Um, that's about it. Sweet. How's your ride? Was it warm, windy? Yeah, it was like one of the warmest days we've had so far. Just got up to 65 or 70 degrees. I was wearing shorts. I went up pretty high in the mountains to like up through Netherland. So sweet. Yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Um, so how'd you fall in love with cycling? Where, uh, when did you first ride a bike? Was that age four, age five, something like that? Yeah, I've been riding a bike since um, as long as I can remember. I probably learned when I was three or so. Um, both my parents are cyclists. My dad was on the CU cycling team, actually. Um, that's kind of how he got into it. My mom was a runner and then a triathlete and now more just a, a cyclist. Sweet. Um, so there was sort of like cycling in the family then you could say, I, was that was that more motivation from them to say like, you should try cycling or was it more of just like, you were just allowed to discover it on your own without them push from your parents? Yeah, no, they, they got me a road bike when I was pretty young and, um, you know, asked me if I wanted to race, but I mean, beyond that, it was, it was pretty much just my decision. And, uh, like, I remember one of my good friends when I was, when I was in elementary school was a, a bike racer. My parents were like, Oh, do you want to do that? And I didn't really want to at the time. So it, it took me a few more years after that. Um, but I still started pretty young and I did my first races when I was 
probably 10. So was that a, was that a road race? Was that a cyclocross race? Um, I started about the same time doing road and cross. Yeah. And was that for um, older junior older junior cycling or did you race for some other team before? No, so I raced just not on a team, like just a few times. Um, then I joined the Flatiron Flyers team, which a lot of um, riders from that and ended up going to BJC. That was before BJC had a road team even. Um, and I did cross just on my own for a couple years and then also joined Boulder Junior Cycling up through yeah. when I was race age 18. So what was it like racing for um, BJC? It was a good time. Um, I met a lot of people who I'm still really good friends with now or still, you know, I'm still, I'm still uh, coaching for BJC now. So I'm still involved with the program. And so it's been really cool to go um, kind of see both sides and to, uh, yeah, come out, come out of it with a lot of uh, just really good friendships and connections. Did that um, team change how you looked and viewed cycling and bike racing at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I was on the team for so long that it's kind of inevitable, I think. Um, when I first joined the team, I was just a little kid and really had not raced very much, had little, no experience. And when I left the team, or, you know, by the time I left the team, I had raced for the national team and gone to world championships. So, um, you know, part of that is the team and, um, you know, multiple different coaches who were super influential to me. Um, and then just my own experience and, you know, be, being in the program for probably six years. Um, yeah, it really, really um, was a good experience for me. Sweet. So then for any of them, like going from then your U18 years to U23, looking then at racing at school, was it just UC Boulder that you looked at? Or did you look at a couple other schools? Did you look at um, CU was the only school that I seriously considered. I applied to a few others, but I never, and I, I visited a few other schools, but it was kind of just to see what, what was around. And then I ended up choosing CU um, just because it was going to allow me to keep racing my bike at a high level and, you know, having a good cycling team appealed to me. Also just having, um, my team, my family here. Um, and so still having that support that I was used to, that was really helpful. And then just because CU was a good school and, you know, I did look at some other schools um, where, but CU kind of looked better just because of the academic side. So what you, um, what are you majoring in now? Um, I'm majoring in business. Um, I have an emphasis in marketing. And so I'll be graduating um, just in a month or so here. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's not that best job market right now. Are you looking to stay in Colorado or are you looking to? It's really not. But I, at this point, I don't really know because so my road team just announced, Ebola Cycling just announced that they're going to be a U24 team for next year. And so what that means is that I will have the opportunity to ride for them again next year when previously I would have aged out. And so that kind of changes things. Um, that maybe makes me a little more inclined to stay around Boulder, but 
at this point, it's really hard to say. Um, and it's kind of, you know, if I did end up riding for another team, which isn't super likely, then that might cause me to move. But at this point, um, I'm looking at staying in Boulder for at least another year. Gotcha. Cool. So, I mean, you spent, I mean, you've raced four years for UC Boulder. What, um, what were some of those like first couple races like, and how were those different from racing for a college program versus racing for like, a big junior team or kind of racing for like a bowl at the same time? Um, uh huh. Yeah, it's it's not a huge amount different. Um, now, what I notice is that the collegiate races are really short compared to pro races. Um, but you know, back when I was seventeen or. I guess I just turned 18 at the beginning of my um, freshman road season. You know, that, that didn't, that didn't seem short at the time that, you know, that all the road races seem like decent length, but it's fun because CU has such a large team and most of the races um, for men's a, we'll have 10 or 12 guys. And so that's a lot different than, uh, you know, normal road racing where I have maybe, you know, six or seven guys on the squad. So there's that. And then there's just a lot more people on the team. Um, you know, there's a lot more girls. I think collegiate cycling is a lot more attractive to girls for some reason. And it, it just is a better opportunity. Um, so that's, that's good to see better gender parity there. And then you just get it get to interact with a lot more people. Um, you know, Evola is only 10 guys, but the CU team is over a hundred. So um, it's just been really cool to make, make a lot of friends. And, you know, there's even kind of different groups within the team and, uh, you know, always, always people to hang out with or always people to go to races with. And so that's, that's a good time. Is there like, um, is definitely like a little bit more of a focus on like the camaraderie of the team because it's, you are, I mean, you do have team rankings, yeah, it's just, it's super, it's super low key fun. Um, you know, I take it somewhat seriously, but that's just partly because of my background. You definitely don't have to at all. And, you know, it's just, it's just kind of fun to go out and it, you know, it's not really about results, even though it is fun to win. It's, it's just about, you know, working as a team and just going out and doing your best. Honestly, it's not, it's super low pressure, I think, um, which is, it's enjoyable to me. And I'm sure that's, it's a lot less intimidating for um, people who are newer to the sport as well. For sure. Um, and so you did road and cyclocross or did you do road, cyclocross, mountain, track? Um, um, I, I did uh, my first and last collegiate mountain bike race this fall. That was, that was fun. And then other than that, I've mainly just raced road. There is cyclocross doesn't have much in the way of collegiate racing. Um, I've raced nationals twice and I skipped it twice out of the four years. Um, just to, cause I kind of went back and forth between prioritizing the U23 race or wanting to race collegiate as kind of a warm up. And so my, my view on that's gone back and forth a little bit, but other than that, um, we, I raced collegiate cross state championships and that's like the only other race that we have in Colorado. So. Gotcha. So what, what was, what was the mountain bike race that you did? Was that your, the one that you um, guys host? 
yeah, it was it was a CU race um, up in Aspen Snowmass, and so I did the cross country on Saturday, and then on on Sunday there's a short track that I I didn't do that. Um, there's also a gravity events, so I just volunteered. I did some timing for the enduro race, so it, How it was it race was go? <laughs> Um, it was, it was really hard. It's up at, you know, over 9,000 feet and it, it was a tough race. I definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely was, um, something that I'm not used to. And, uh, a lot of those collegiate mountain bike guys are super strong. So I, did, I didn't do as well as I thought I would. Gotcha. Would you do any more mountain bike racing as time allows or your program allows for a bolo? Yeah, I wish I could have done, I wish I would have done more collegiate mountain bike racing, honestly. And I actually did a fair amount of mountain bike racing when I was younger. I did nationals when it was in Colorado um, years ago. But yeah, I would, I would really like to just do a little bit of mountain bike racing. I, you know, I enjoy it all. Sweet. Um, is there, of the, of the races that you've been to and the nationals that you've been to, are there any races that you did for UC Boulder that stood out? to you as like sort of like a pivotal moment for your in you in your career um and that could have been more of like just what happened for the team as as a whole or if it was just personal um, um i think one of the more memorable ones was uh two years ago in grand junction the national championships um i won the road race and my teammate Grant Elwood was second and my other teammate Max Chance was fourth. And then us three and Ross Elwood won the team time trial as well. So that was just super, super successful and, you know, couldn't, couldn't have gone much better than that. Sweet. Um, and then on the kind of more on the relaxed side of things, any like fun memories from racing that, just team shenanigans. I mean, you're still a bunch of college students and you still yeah, you know, college. <laughs> nationals is, is like the one where you, you get it together and it's super, it's kind of serious, but, um, you know, you have a kind of a select smaller squad, but, um, I don't know. I, one, one of my good memory is from the Durango Fort Lewis race. Um, one of my good friends has, a he lived on the criterium course. And so he was just having a party out in his lawn the, the the whole day, and you know, cheering for us as we went by in the crit. And then we went over there to hang out in his yard, and you know, play some lawn games and watch the open races later in this in the afternoon. Um, that was a good time. That's one of my favorite collegiate cycling weekends is the Durango race. Wait, is that um, in the beginning of the season, or is that towards the end? It's guys? usually late April pretty good weather then yeah it, it is warm down there um yeah i i also went there over spring break a couple years ago and that was definitely a little bit more mixed in terms of the weather um it, it can snow pretty late into the spring down there um so you mentioned a little bit about how you've helped a little bit with um the junior team still in, in boulder um is there kind of on the same line of thought, like what have you seen now over the years that you would have done maybe differently as a junior or advice that you would give juniors from what your experience over the years? Yeah, that is, that's a good question. Um, I, I was 
not super serious as a junior and you know I raced nationals and then when I was race age 18 um it, I started to get a little better and you know then, then I first went to Europe for cross and all that but I really didn't train as as much as you know some of the younger guys I see now and so do I wish I would have done more back then um now that I've kind of decided to pursue making a living at cycling maybe a little bit but at the same time I, I don't think you can rush it for anybody and I think that you know it's important to remember that if you're you know 14 15 16 years old that you still have you still have so much so long and you know just just to make things fun and not put too much pressure on yourself at the time um but then again you know there, there is always kind of you know time is always taken away and at the same time you do have to you know make progress every year and you know eventually you're gonna run out of time so I don't I don't want to make that seem like a stressful thing but it's kind of got to be in the back of your head that you know if you're 17 18 or you know especially 23 you should be looking at get, getting on a on a good team and then eventually a professional team if that's if that's what you want to pursue um and just getting as much race experience as you can for sure that sounds exactly how I would imagine you would, if you would phrase yeah. it um well that's super cool um so what has USA Cycling done for you over the years? And when did like you first start working with USA Cycling as you moved into? Um, well, so I, I went to Montana Cross Camp actually before it was USA Cycling. And so I think that that's cool that um, USA Cycling is now taking charge with that a little bit. Um, but so I first raced in Europe um, with USA Cycling when I was... 18 for cross and really I was only I hadn't even turned 17 yet real age but um I am really impressed with how USA the cyclocross program has stepped it up in the last year or so uh, I think Jesse Anthony was a good hire and I had you know a, a great time working with him this winter um he's super professional super on top of it and, and kind of knows what's going on um I also um, really enjoyed when Jeff Proctor was have that program. Um, you know, kind of guys with two two different experiences. You know, maybe a little bit different, um, a little bit different approaches, but at the same time, I think both both super good, um, knowledgeable guys to learn from, and they're they're doing a lot of hard work to uh, get the U.S. results in the international scene. Did you like, were there any things that like any preconceptions that you had about racing for USA cycling going in? And then once you actually started racing over uh, in Europe, I wouldn't say so. I, I think it's, I think most anybody is really excited to race for the national team. It's just, you know, one of those things that's like kind of an honor, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just cool to be able to represent the country or the national federation at, at those big events, at, you know, World Cups, World Championships. Um, so is that something that, like, you would want to see others take a part as well as, like, the future of USA Cycling to make sure that future generations have those opportunities like you've had over the past few years? 
Yeah, and I think that it's you know it's even better now than it was five years ago, especially on the cross side. Um, I I think it, it's a little bit of a shame what the that the, the uh, road U twenty three program has um, gone through a bit of downsizing in the last few years, but um, at the same time, I think that USA Cycling is is doing what they can to to improve it. And so I, I, I'm just impressed with the professionalism that, you know, all the, all the staff brings and that I saw racing in Europe this winter and doing the world championships and outside of Zurich this February. Sweet. Um, So kudos to that. Um, That's awesome. Uh, But at the same time, are there any sticking points or problem spots that you see within the sport that you would like to see change over the the next decade or so? Yeah, kind of, kind of like I mentioned, I think that the U23 is a big drop-off point for a lot of cyclists and maybe a lot of people who aren't as keyed into, into cycling, especially high-level racing, don't really realize that. I think that juniors get a lot of attention and they, and they should, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's some sponsorship there and any juniors who are racing are supported by their parents. And then U23 is a tough point because that's when a lot of kids either go off to college, start working both. Um, They may not have the same level of support from the parents. They might move away. And so you know, going from multiple high-level teams to really just action in Evolo, and you know, action is half international riders now as well. There's just very, very little opportunity, and it's really tough to to scrap for those few spots on a good team, those few national spot team national team spots um, when the when the national team calendar is so short. And so, I think U23 is really where you know USA cycling and the cycling community in general needs to invest I think collegiate cycling is a good way to do that but it's a little bit it's a little bit lower level and you know I I was listening to a uh, Tyler Hamilton interview the other day and he's he talked about you know winning collegiate nationals and then he got selected to the national team like it's just not like that anymore at all you know collegiate cycling doesn't have that that same, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe the riders are still as good, but it doesn't have the same clout that it used to. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. Uh, so switching it up a little bit here, um, you've ridden a little bit around the world, around the U.S. Where's your favorite spot to ride? And that's like road, dirt, gravel, here in the U.S. and then over in Europe. Um, I we had a team camp in Malibu this winter. That was really really fun. Um, a lot of good climbing, beautiful weather, uh, beautiful views, and uh, just a lot of really quiet scenic roads. And and the I think it's a lot the the roads are a lot twistier there than in Colorado. It's just more technical descending, and I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed uh, Malaga, Spain, this this year as well. Um, we went there at USA Cycling for a little train block in between um, two different 
between uh, the Christmas period of cross racing and then Worlds. And kind of same thing there, just, you know, quiet mountain roads, um, just, you know, really quickly get out of town and into in, into the mountains. And then, you know, can't not mention Boulder, Colorado. You know, you know that that's part of the reason I went to school here is um, I just don't really get tired of it. Sweet. So is there, for, especially for like for Boulder, since it's the same roads that you've been riding on for so many years, is there, do you know every single crack in the road? Do you know every single pothole or like? Pretty much, pretty much. And, you know, I, I, I think about that, about how I do kind of the same roads all the time, but I'm pretty good at, uh, you know, just switching it up and doing different combinations or, you know, even as I begin to train much, much more in the last, in the last year or two than I used to, you know, it's, it's easier to get farther out of, um, the, the places where I normally ride and to get, you know, get a little bit of new stuff in there pretty, um, pretty consistently as well. So are you still pretty much, um, using most of like your training outdoors now, or do you utilize more indoor workouts as well? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rare for me to do, uh, I mean, pretty much never I'll do just a training workout for the sake of it, unless, you know, the weather is bad or something. And so, you know, we're, we're pretty high elevation here. We, we get a fair amount of snow in the winter. And so there's a decent amount of time spent on the trainer, but at the same time, it's super sunny. The snow always clears up quickly. So, um, fortunately I've been, I ride outside quite a lot and, uh, it's just getting to the point in the year where, um, you know, we, we might have one more snowstorm, but from here on out, it's just going to be uh, nice weather. Do you find that, like, as you look back, are there more uh, U23 and juniors that are doing more indoor training? I mean, put aside what's going on right now in the world, but, like, do you think that's a, a tool that's being utilized more than just going outside and doing your workouts outside? Oh, that, that's an interesting thought. And I, I think a trainer, the trainer is really good for doing specific um, workouts with no distractions. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say so. I, I, I don't know. I don't really get that sense. But um, I, I think that, you know, trainers have gotten better, obviously. And, you know, you, you have power meet on your bike, but now you can have one, one on the trainer too and use Zwift or you know, use erg mode on the trainer to simulate, you know, a different grade or different effort. So that may, that maybe makes it a little more fun, a little more effective. But that's, I mean, it's good that you're, I mean, that's like, I could see it go either way, but like, it'll be, it's nice to know that juniors are still riding outside for the most part. Oh yeah, I think totally. Like, it's not, no, I, I don't think that, that people are, I think it's the, I think it's the older masters riders on um, people with the, um, that who work long hours, who, uh, you know, get up to an hour on the trainer in the morning, but, um, no, I wouldn't say none, none of my, none of my friends or teammates really use the trainer too much, um, outside of just bad weather. For sure. Well, I, I hope that as you, as you grow older, <laughs> you're not, you don't, you're not going to predict yourself in the next 20 years mm -hmm. being working long hours and riding um, a trainer session in the morning. No, I don't, I don't know if that's for me. <laughs> um, so what is, um, I mean, I'm sure you've done a little bit of a handful of interviews, um, over the years. Is there something that you normally don't share, um, 
or something that, and this could be about you or this could be something that's like a complete random factoid that you're just super stoked about right now? Yeah, well, um, actually, I don't know if I've ever done a, a planned, you know, long, long format interview like this. Obviously, I've, you know, talked to announcers after the race and I think, you know, I think that just often ends up being more, oh, you know, I, the race was really fun, you know, say thank you to sponsors or whatever. And you don't really get to talk about yourself very much. So a lot could fall into that bucket, but, um, I don't know what, you know, one thing we already talked about is I'm a student and, you know, maybe that's something that that's something that I don't talk about on social media really at all. Um, and I, I would probably like to do that more in the future just to let, you know, not that I have too much more time at school, but just to let people know, you know, something, you know, everybody knows I'm a cyclist. And so just to, just to let people know something a little more obscure about me, you know, I'm, I'm studying marketing and that is something that's actually super interesting to me. And I do enjoy um, my studies. Um, I'm pretty into um, like clothing and fashion. I spend a lot of time on Grailed, which is like a men's used clothing website. Um, I don't really buy a ton, but you know, that, that's expensive. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I enjoy cooking. I, I've lived in Boulder my whole life. Um, having a good time hold up with my roommates right now. Um, one of them, I, I actually met her through the CU cycling team. And so. Sweet. Yeah. So in terms of your cooking, um, well, there's gonna be a couple questions there. Um, so like sunglasses right now seem to be getting bigger and bigger for cyclists um, with like what 100% is coming out with what like Pac and some of the other brands. Um, do you think that's here to stay? Or do you think that's something that's just like gonna come and go like with the original Oakley eyeshade that came out with like Greg Oman back in the day and it's just going to be like a fad for 2019 2020 and then we'll go back to like the 90s really skinny <laughs> sunglasses that's a funny question um I, I think it's I think it's going to swing back the other way right we can all we can only get bigger and it can only get so much bigger so uh you know I, I had a I had a pair of uh like Oakley Jawbones, that was like probably like my first nice pair of cycling sunglasses. And uh, those just look ridiculous now. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know the ones, but they kind of look like bug eyes and they have the lower different colored um, hinged piece on, on the bottom of the lens. Um, just, you know, tiny, like two lenses. They're not even that small, but, you know, compared compare to stuff these days, they look just super goofy. So, but, uh, you know, you know, something comes whenever anything comes out it looks so new and then five years later you're like what was i thinking so i i think it is going to go back the other way we're going to be wearing uh you know some uh super small 90s looking sunglasses in a few years that's crazy to think about but it makes sense um and the other thing that i um wanted to follow up on was uh your love of cooking do you now make most of your own riding snacks or do you buy um and use more of like the built out like sis or um, it's like half, stinger I would say half and half for training it's pretty um it's pretty forgiving what you eat and you know i have a lot more flexibility just because i'm at home you know on the road at races um 
you know, sometimes Swannies will make rice cakes. I'm a big fan of those. Um, so I, I make those at home. Um, I've made a couple of batches these last couple of weeks of rice cakes with uh, like sweetened condensed coconut milk. So it's like, it's super sweet, sticky, holds the rice together, um, tastes good, is some good calories. So that, that was a successful recipe. Um, and then just stuff like PB&J or peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Um, that's a pretty big staple. And then, but yeah, I, I really don't eat a lot of like gels when I train. Um, and in terms of bars that I eat, it's more of just like, fig newtons or, or things like that not really like a, um you know something that's marketed as a cycling food gotcha and like do you try to keep that the same when you're over in europe or is there things that you have to kind of bring with you just because um, I'm, not, I'm not super picky but um it is it is kind of tough to be when you you know you get on a new team and you have a new nutrition sponsor or something I, but it's on, it's honestly not super difficult. No, I, I, I try to, you know, avoid being dependent on, on one food or, you know, any, anything like that. I think it just makes being on the road hard. Gotcha. Well, cool. Um, thank you, Eric. Greatly appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, good talking to you. I, I like the sunglass question. I think, I think the other thing is that socks are going to be getting shorter again too in a few years. <laughs> I hope, I hope not. Not, I mean, like, like some, like a nice medium height would be nice. I think, I don't think if we I, go down to, actually, I haven't really looked at photos from way back when, but hopefully it doesn't go all the way back to like the eighties. You know, my dad, my dad talks about like starting out racing and it's like a USA cycling rule. You had to have black black shorts and white socks, <laughs> which I don't know. I, I think black shorts and white socks are still cool, but it's just crazy to think about that. So yeah, good talking to you. Thank you, Parker. Yeah. Cheers. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Burning Quads podcast.